1: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Ravens stretch three receivers to the right. Lamar Jackson fakes the toss to the right, throws across the middle. Touchdown! Zay Flowers! And the Ravens strike on back-to-back
3: drives! KNC Masterpiece here on 1053. The fan, I'm Reginald Atatula in for Kevin and Corey. Mike Bassick still hanging out with me on the KNC Masterpiece. Still. After one hour. That's right. He hasn't decided to go go home. He hasn't uh, abandoned me yet, and I appreciate him for that. I appreciate Chris Strong the ones and twos, and I appreciate you rocking with us here. Uh, we got you till 2 p.m. as usual. Um, you can always get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line, 877 881 1053. We're also at 105 through the fan on YouTube and twitch.tv slash Dallas fan cam. Um, you heard a play from Lamar Jackson, and at this point he is the odds-on favorite to be the MVP this year. However, not too long ago, that was your very own uh, Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. Yeah. And he he's played incredible. There was a good, what, six- to eight-week stretch where he looked like he was uh, the single best quarterback in the league. And I know that that's lofty, but that is true. However, at this point, he is not even top five when it comes to odds. He's not off the board, but he's not top five. And with that being uh, with that being the case, um, and is with this, two weeks to go, he can't.
2: That's right.
0: He can't make up the time. He can't. I, no matter what he does, if he throws six touchdowns on Saturday night and they win fifty-two to fourteen, and then. They have to play Washington, and he plays the whole game because there's an opportunity to move up to the division championship. uh, You win the division, uh, and he throws another five touchdowns. I don't think, even if he were to throw like ten touchdowns in the next two games, I don't think at this point he can overcome the five guys ahead of him.
3: Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. Uh, And with that being the case, you brought this question up, and I think it's a really good one, is – is Dak Prescott, is this the closest that he'll get to an MVP in his career? Because this is a question that we were having. There was, there's was, there been times in this career where he's looked great for a month or two months, and then the, the season just does not pan out to a point where he's in the conversation.
0: So I thought there was a 0% chance that he would ever win an NFL MVP coming into the season. And now I'm not this year because I was like, wow, I can't believe that there's four games left and he's the favorite to do this. If he can go three and one down the stretch here after killing Philadelphia, he really can do this. He could really win the MVP. So now I have that that he can't accomplish this in another season at a 10% chance because obviously you're going to have people like Mahomes and Josh Allen hasn't won one yet. And we'll get to Lamar Jackson here in a minute or two. But you just start looking at the competition. It's always going to be high competition this year for some reason. I don't want to say there's low competition, but nobody would have guessed that it would come down to, I guess, Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey maybe in first
3: and second place voting. Those are the two leaders. After that, it's Josh Allen and Tua.
0: Yeah, the two guys you just played, they actually got – elevated big time because they beat the Dallas Cowboys here uh, late in the year and Dak got, uh, you know, sent down because of those two losses. So I, I think that I wouldn't bet on it. Like if I was going to Vegas, I wouldn't bet on next year Dak wins the MVP of the NFL. But I guess if the odds were right, and what I mean by that is like if he was like eighth or ninth on the board, I'd be like, you know what, maybe the odds say, why not put twenty bucks on this for fun that Dak could possibly win the MVP? So I do think there's a ten percent chance the rest of his career. I'm assuming he plays about six to eight more years. That's, That's fair. my he's, assumption. He's
3: thirty, so yeah. you, the ways that quarterbacks have played, getting to thirty five, thirty six, anywhere to thirty eight, maybe I think is a fair a fair uh, thing to think.
0: So I. I, I think so. I, I think that there's a chance. It's going to be tough with, with the competition, but now I believe that he has like a 10% chance to somewhat repeat this season, but finish strong at the end of the year, rather than having two losses in the month of December that really kind of puts you out of the race. I, I think almost anybody, if you lose two out of your last, let's say four games, and they're they're games that you're not like sitting out because of there's nothing on the line. I think it's tough to win the MVP if, if you go two and two in your last four games.
3: Yeah. I mean some of some of the M V P conversation um in general is starting in the right place and then being able to grow into the right place. So like beginning a season with people believing that you are capable of doing it. And then you consider the fact that this is a Cowboys team that won twelve games the last two seasons. Right. And so expectations are already in such a place where, and I think with the ways that the Cowboys have not won a Super Bowl in 26 years and all those things, Cowboys' regular season almost gets diminished in a way in people in the general public's, the national media's perspective because they're like, all right, cool, but are you going to do it in the playoffs? It's the same reason why we get this constant refrain of same old Cowboys, even though it's various different problems in, in different years. And I went and looked at Dak's stats for this year, because again, we are already in a place where we feel very confident that he's not going to win it this year. He leads the league in touchdowns right now with 30 touchdowns. He is second in touchdown percentage to Brock Purdy, who is playing, you know, incredible when it comes to just his stats at the very least.
0: When he really screwed up his stats the other night,
3: buddy. That was, (laughs) I mean, five interceptions in that game. Or sorry, four interceptions for him. And I know a lot of them were tipped or whatever, but. They end up going on your record, and we end up talking about them. Hello, Dak Prescott last season. Dak Prescott this season, it's kind of funny looking at that last season because he's literally third in interception percentage. The only two uh, quarterbacks with uh, less interceptions or with a a smaller interception percentage are C.J. Stroud and Kenny Pickett. Right? Like, he is playing. Kenny Pickett's not a good quarterback. No, I I don't believe so either. But uh, Dak Prescott is putting together a season, when numbers-wise, and even, like, visually, the ways in which that – It should be unassailable. And yet you get to this point where you're like, he's not close. And so that's the thing that makes me wonder is like the team success. Is it going to be there in the regular season where people are going to acknowledge it to a point where, okay, that brings Dak Prescott in. And Especially if he's already putting up the numbers um, that you would typically look at and say that is going to get you to a place where you're in the conversation.
0: I guess the reason that I now believe he can be in the conversation in future years is he was the Vegas favorite with four games to go. Okay, Not a strong favorite, not where he was blowing away the competition, but he had moved himself from the start of November till early December into, wow, he literally, if he can have four really good games at the end of the year, he's going to be the MVP of the NFL. So I do believe he can accomplish that again. Do I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be this bad again ever in his career? I don't. And or the Josh
3: Allen Bills.
0: Right, and is Joe Maybe. Burrow going to get hurt? Yeah, a lot of the that guys hurt? that we look
3: at as kind of game-breaker quarterbacks.
0: Where, where does Caleb Williams get drafted? Not yeah. that he's going to be an MVP candidate anytime soon, but I do think you know Caleb Williams looks like talent-wise he has – the future MVP type of stuff. Trevor Lawrence, is he going to to stagnate where he's at at 23, 24 years old, or is he going to get better? So I look at there's going to be a lot of competition in the future. Uh, and then I'll, I'll further this conversation because we have about five minutes left here. Lamar Jackson's about to win as many MVPs as Patrick Mahomes has in his career. And, yeah. I mean, now I'm not saying it's, it's a lock yet. I, I think Lamar Jackson has to finish strong uh, to finish the season, these last two games, but you now look at Lamar Jackson and he's in his mid twenties. I think he's 26 years old. Uh, and he right now looks like he's going to win his second MVP of his career. And I was just wondering, Reggie, I know that you're a, a Lamar Jackson fan. I'm somewhat of a Lamar Jackson fan to be honest. Like I obviously card collect, I have some premium Lamar Jackson rookie cards. Oh, So
3: the MVP might make you some money. Here,
0: yes. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Now, I I do know this. I do want to sell him as quick as possible because if he doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, people are going to go, like, I don't care about his regular season. He's not a playoff quarterback. You know, so, I mean, his... His his whole his whole deal is going to be playoffs, but I do think it's spectacular for a guy to be drafted in 2018 to start about halfway, a little bit past halfway through that season, to be in 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, in his
3: fifth full season as quarterback. He's going to have two MVPs in five seasons? Especially when you consider that he's had multiple seasons where he's missed the, the end of the season or near the end of the season with injuries. And those have derailed his opportunities at being in these awards. And so the, you get the full seasons that he's able to play, and he ends up near or in winning the MVP. It's it's will kind of incredible because people don't talk about him like that.
0: Yeah, well, people change their respect on him in five NFL seasons as a starting quarterback. I know that the the first year he did quarterback, I believe he was 6-1 and one in the regular season. In five full seasons as a quarterback, starting the year as you our quarterback, He wins two NFL MVPs. Josh Allen has zero. Joe Burrow has zero. Justin Herbert has zero. Like, I know I'm not trying to take shots at these guys. Dak has zero. You know, obviously, yes, Patrick Mahomes has two. And he would tie Patrick Mahomes in the same amount of seasons as a starting quarterback because this is the sixth year for Patrick Mahomes. He sat out his first year uh, behind Alex Smith. He would have two MVPs. So in the six years... That Patrick Mahomes has been in the league. He has two, and then Lamar Jackson would have two? That's pretty spectacular. And and I don't want to say Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the NFL, but you have to start going, hey, why is Josh Allen better? Why, why do we put Josh Allen, who is great, I'm not trying to knock yeah. Josh Allen, but why is Josh Allen better than Lamar Jackson if Lamar Jackson is making the playoffs every year he's healthy, pretty much winning the division every year he's healthy and then he has two MVPs in 5 years.
3: I think some of this and I think you're right, but I think some of this is the thread between the two guys that we've discussed is Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. We value so much a small sample of the playoffs. We value this elevated right. uh, level of play and as of right now Lamar Jackson and the Ravens haven't done a lot in the playoffs compared to Josh Allen. right? We will never be able but, to forget that, that what was that, the AFC Championship game, or what should have been the AFC Championship game that yeah. year where the Chiefs and the Bills gave us this incredible game to the point where we you realize we changed the rules behind that game. We were like, right. Josh Allen doesn't get the ball in overtime? Wait, hold on, we got to switch this, right? And I, I think that those are the things that help elevate. Patrick Mahomes has Super Bowls when it comes to it, and of course the Chiefs as a team matter in that regard In getting those Super Bowls, but then that elevates the quarterback. We know that. And Josh Allen, I think, is benefiting from that. And I think you're going to need to see that from the Ravens for, I think, a full acknowledgement of just how good Lamar Jackson has been um, to start his career.
0: So, Josh Allen made the conference finals in 2020. He did that. Yeah, Lamar Jackson hasn't. Mm -hmm. So, he does have that over Lamar Jackson. But besides that, because... If you don't know this, they were both drafted in the same draft. They were both 2018 first round picks. Lamar Jackson, the last pick of the first round, and Josh Allen. What was he? I think the fifth or sixth pick. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but right That's around. A good question. He was he was a top ten pick in that draft. Uh, Baker Mayfield was one. Sam Darnold was three, and then Josh Allen, I believe, was four, five, or six. Right. Seven. Around, seven. Okay. Thank
3: you. Just needed to go one more. You're going to yep. be right.
0: And so I look at playoff status, and I guess you can say Josh Allen has been better in the playoffs. And I'll lean towards yes, I would agree with that statement, but not a lot better. He's been to one conference championship, never been to the Super Bowl, obviously. So I look at Lamar Jackson and I know, look, it can quickly change. He could win the MVP and and in a way, I, I hope this doesn't happen for him. I am rooting for him because of kind of the hate that he takes, which I think is... Uh, yes, I can, you can be critical of him, but to say he's not a quarterback or he's not good, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL for the last five years. Uh, you, not every year, right? I mean, there could be a year where you'd say, well, cause you're talking about this Reggie. Well, he was hurt. Well, okay. Well, he wasn't a top 10 quarterback that year cause he's hurt. But if you take the last five years in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is number one and it's not even close. Probably Aaron Rodgers is still in that over the last five years cause he has two MVP. He's, I believe, in that. I have to double check. Uh, I know he has one for sure, uh, and then I'd say Lamar Jackson. It would be really tough. I think, obviously, Josh Allen is in the conversation. Joe Burrow's in the conversation. But oh, yeah,
3: that's right. He had the two back-to-back yeah. FU MVPs. Yeah, like so in the last them.
0: six years, if I include this year and I give it to Lamar Jackson, which isn't a for-sure thing, but if I give it. So in the last six years, you have Patrick Mahomes with two, Aaron Rodgers with two, and Lamar Jackson with two. Those are your MVPs. So wouldn't they kind of be the top three quarterbacks in the NFL?
3: Yeah, it's especially unless you're counting like the age and the ways that Aaron Rodgers right,
0: is. right, and he's dropping off. Yeah. but if I include the last five years, he's a top five quarterback. So I just look at this MVP race. I do think Dak has a chance in future years where I thought he'd have zero chance, but he has to win the division one. You're you're not going to be a wild card team and get the MVP. You're ju- unless you throw for fifty touchdowns, ten interceptions, and I guess fifty five hundred yards, then they'll give it to a dude who finished, you know who didn't even win the division, and I know it's not all up to the quarterback, but that's the unfair part of MVP stuff, is you're going to have to win the division, one, and then you're going to have to have a great year, too. And I do believe he can accomplish this, and I would say he probably needs to accomplish it in the next three years. I know that he has six to eight more years left, but it's tough for me to go, all right, at 35, that's going to be the year he wins it.
3: And not just the age, right? We've just talked about how this is a team-building thing there's an understanding that the Cowboys are kind of in that window where yeah. they need to get something done or else do you trust this team to then turn it all the way over again? I yeah. think that's also a part of the, Another f- the conversation
0: factor. that we hopefully don't have, but <laughs> can you, if the Cowboys do the exact same thing as last year and the year before, and they lose in the divisional round, would Jerry say, screw it, Let's F up the cap as much as possible in 2028. I'm going to put the best team on the field I can, knowing that I'm going to have a really crappy year down the road to try to clear a lot of money off the books.
3: Man, we'll, we'll put that one in the back pocket and hopefully never have to pull it out. Um, it's the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's get back into the Rangers for a second. It's been a quiet offseason for the Rangers. How has it affected you, the fans? We'll discuss it next on The Fan KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. I'm Reginald Atatula, who is sitting in for uh, the vacationing Kevin Hagelin and Corey Majors. Mike Bassick back from vacation. Spry, excited, uh, hating skiing, but uh, other than that, great.
0: But still think the Dallas Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC. Yeah, so
3: if Mike can be hopeful about the Cowboys, why not you? Why we'll not? Talk you? about that at noon, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, that might go back the other way. My bad. Uh, but right now, we there's a little bit of I, I guess there should be hope for the Texas Rangers who won the World Series Championship just this past fall. And the offseason off of the, the championship, we had the parade, we have all those things, and like there's a lot of hype, especially when you consider the last couple of offseasons, a lot of money has been thrown around with these Rangers. But since since the World Series, it's been kind of quiet when yeah. it comes to the Rangers. They haven't signed very many big—I mean, we got Kirby Yates, a reliever, and has there any been any other like moves that we could really note?
0: No. I mean, there was—I believe if I have the name right, I have to go look real quick. Diego Castillo, I believe, signed to a minor league deal. A reliever that used to be really good. Uh, but last year, really struggled. Uh, but he's coming in on a minor league contract. They didn't even sign him to a major league contract. That's a split contract. So if he makes the team, he'll get his major league side of the contract, which can't be more than a little over a million dollars. I don't know the exact numbers. But he's a guy that you hope that is one of those sparks that comes back to his old self, the way he pitched in 19, 20, 21 in the major league. Nineteen twenty, good year. But literally the 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 rangers are having a a tough time signing people they're already at a very high salary i don't think people understand this if you're frustrated with the rangers they're already at over 200 million dollars i don't believe there's even 10 teams in the majors that spend over 200 million dollars a year on players now i get you just won the world series you want to defend that championship and you want to bring back jordan montgomery you want to add josh Hader. you'd like to now losing a guy like mitch garver you'd like to bring in a guy like justin turner you would like to if the dodgers are being a little bit stingy on clayton kershaw because they've spent so much money on otani and yamamoto you'd like to maybe steal clayton kershaw away from the dodgers so he can finish his career as a texas ranger and help you out but the rangers are limited budget wise and i hate saying this Because I'm part of, I'm not part of the contract or anything, but I'm part of the television product is because they're just not 100% sure what they're going to get from television revenue yeah. now because of the Bally situation. And I know it goes to bankruptcy court and then sure. there's decisions made on that that then they have to work off of that and then they're going to go to court again, but they don't know if it'll go favorably for them or unfavorably for
3: them. And I think one of the things that we do know is that Bally's not paying out the full amount that they had so- previously that's agreed That's what with. it
0: sounds like. And it sounds like, I-, I can't remember the exact bankruptcy decision a couple of weeks ago, but Bally's won in the court which it kind of put the Rangers in a little bit more of a situation like, dang it, like now we really don't know. I think, I think, I don't know this. I think Bally's is supposed to write a check for $110 million, not a lump sum before the season starts, but payments. And I think that they won in a way that they're probably not going to have to pay $110 million. I don't know what they're going to pay, how much they're going to pay. If uh, they make a deal with, was it Apple that they're trying to make a deal with or, um, I
3: don't recall that.
0: portion Amazon of it. Prime, maybe I can't remember that. Bally's might be working on a deal. I think it was Amazon. Yes, Amazon.
3: Thank you. That they're to help cover some of their. Was that was that baseball well, related they'd,
0: though? I think they yeah
3: I think they'd be selling
0: okay. it and and being like maybe
3: partnering the streaming por- Okay, that's what it was. It was the streaming portions. Yes. Now they only have the streaming rights for I think three of the teams, and that does not include your Texas okay. Rangers. But I, that's another way that Bally is trying to bring
2: in so, revenue.
0: Uh, to sum it all up, the Rangers are going to have a tough time improving the team through free agency this offseason obviously uh, they've lost a few relievers that I'm going to be honest I'm not too worried about losing Mitch Garver does hurt uh, this team right now if they lose Jordan Montgomery which it sounds like they probably will that's going to hurt the team Uh, but it's still a good team it's it's still a good team and I think the good thing is that I want to point this out if you're a Ranger fan that's disappointed I understand who have the Houston Astros signed this offseason?
3: I can't think of I, – I mean, I have not been keeping as close of tabs, but I don't think they've signed anybody notable. Nobody. Okay, very good. So,
0: I mean, when I say nobody, they might have signed a Kirby Yates type of guy, and I'm not trying to take a shot at, uh, you know, Kirby yeah, Yates. Yeah, don't, don't take shots in my bullpen, Mike. But what I'm saying is they haven't added a starting pitcher. They haven't ha- added an everyday player. Uh, they are also in a situation where they're budget-wise they are like, look, this is what we have, and we're coming back with pretty much the guys that we have under contract, and we're going to roll with it. The Astros are interested in some relievers. The Rangers are still interested in some relievers. There's a lot of free agents out there. I just worry or I'm concerned that the Rangers budget-wise just won't have the money to go out and spend another $30, $40 million in free agency this offseason per year. Uh, To get somebody. But I do think the Rangers are going to come back with a good team. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they're going to overwhelm you at all in this free agency. I'm hoping there's like a trade that's available for the Rangers to maybe trade some of their minor league depth or their minor league talent to really help out this major league team where they feel like they have guys under control for two to three years. A team like. You know Pittsburgh. You look at stuff like that. Uh, I know Emmanuel Classe's name has come up. I'd really love to have him. Right. But I've talked to Cleveland people, and they said he did drop off this year. Now, is it a? Is mm. it? Is that who he is? They don't know. Right. But he has dropped off. Emmanuel Classe isn't as good as he used to be. And then the question is: Was that a down year, or is that is that a trend? Because when you throw that hard. It's tough to stay that hard for a long time. We had Araldis Chapman this year. He still is good, but you know, I'd like to have Araldis Chapman back. But you can see there is drop off with guys that throw that hard as a reliever. Right. It's tough to stay at that level for a very long time.
3: No, for sure. Now you're in talking about the ways and the reasons why maybe the Rangers have not been all that active in this offseason there it seems like they're going to bring back a team that looks somewhat similar obviously minus Mitch Garver minus maybe Jordan Montgomery i think that, that's where we're leaning if even if with a similar team you were talking to me in the break about something that i guess i hadn't considered is coming back with the same team for a championship team a team that played well into uh, well into no- november even um that kind of changes the math on it for your team even even with a, the same caliber of team the same number of players why is that
0: why is ask the question again in well because you, you
3: were talking about like playing later into the season how that affects the okay. next season for a championship team well
0: i think a lot of times when you talk to players that they had a playoff run and they played into the world series the next year can be a little bit of a struggle because their bodies didn't have the time to recover, that it's used to recovering. October wasn't a recover month. That was the the toughest part of your schedule was October. And so sometimes guys can come back and they're a little just a little bit more fatig- fatigued, especially the pitchers. And that's the guys. Now, if you look at it, e- Evaldi pitched obviously a lot and pitched great yep. in the month of October. How will that do with him pitching in april and may and how much do you have to watch how much he pitches in april and may because you're worried about what happened to him uh this previous season where he really didn't pitch much in july or august at all and then came back in september almost rehabbing in the major leagues to see if he would have anything for you in october and luckily he was great uh you know you just look at your team and you go okay how is spores going to come back is he going to come back as good as he was in the playoffs or is it going to be kind of in between what he was in the regular season and the playoffs you need him to be arguably your best relief pitcher uh jose leclerc jose leclerc was amazing uh in the playoffs out, out outstanding amazing can he come back and be that consistent that he was somewhat in the playoffs i know he gave up the home run to uh Altuve, but he was just pretty much perfect and nails in the playoffs. Can he be that? Because you really need that. If you look at your bullpen depth, right now you have Leclerc and Spores that you can really rely upon, and then the other guys are question marks. Some of them might do good. Some of them might have to designate for assignment. Nobody thought Diego Castillo, who you just signed, was going to be designated for assignment uh, You know, in 2023. You never know with some of these guys – I don't know what the Rangers are going to do the rest of this offseason. I just I believe in Chris Young and I know that he's working this offseason on a limited budget. What I'm really hoping yeah. is is somewhat during this season, the Ranger season everything gets cleared up for like the next five to 10 years with their TV situation. Right. So you can really put together a strong budget. So from from the top, Ray Davis down to, let's say, Chris Young and Bruce Bochy, they know what their budget is going to be year to year because they know what checks are coming in from us, 105.3 The Fan, and from whoever is carrying uh, the baseball games on television that you have a better idea of the budget. The other thing too is Losing Mitch Garver, I don't know this, and you don't want to do this to a young guy. This does really open up designated hitter. Does this give Wyatt Lankford more Mm. right now, today, without – I don't know what they're going to do with other people. Does that – you want Wyatt Lankford playing every day in the outfield if he's in the major leagues. So who do you move to designated hitter if – Lankford becomes part of your everyday lineup. Adolis Garcia is a Gold Glove award winner. Evan Carter is the fastest guy in the outfield. Leote Tavares is a great defensive center fielder. The only thing that Leote Tavares lacks, and I don't think this is going to be accomplished, is he can't dive headfirst for a ball. Right. So there's a few plays a year, not a lot, but there's a few plays a year that he can't make because he can't dive headfirst. Besides that, he is an outstanding Center fielder defensively, and if Wyatt Langford's this young guy who can really play out there too, I don't think you want to do this with Langford. I, and I haven't asked this question: Would you move him? And he's a Gold Glove first baseman now with with Nate Lowe You know, would you move one of those guys to first base? Hmm. Or would you just move one of those guys to DH? But now you have one of your best athletes, four of your best athletes. I'll say on the team. I'll throw Wyatt Langford on the team for today. Four of your best athletes are Evan Carter's your best athlete on the team. Then Leoti Tavares and Adoles Garcias aren't there. far behind.
3: Definitely up there. And
0: Wyatt Langford's 21 years old.
2: Mike, if, you, if I can, you mentioned Mitch Garver and us losing Mitch Garver. You also mentioned the Astros not doing anything this offseason. The Mariners have been the exact opposite. Do you feel that they've improved with, with their a million moves or – Yes,
0: I can't believe they weren't as good as I thought they'd be last year. The reason I – I'll say I picked the Rangers to win 84 games last year and just missed the playoffs. I thought Seattle and Houston would make the playoffs. And uh, Seattle obviously just missed out. There were two days left. They had to win out to make the playoffs, and Seattle couldn't do it. Luckily, the Rangers won on that Saturday night. But I do think Seattle's a real threat. I do really like their team on paper, but Seattle has – when they've been a paper team, they haven't lived up to that expectation on paper on, on right. the field. They've they've just been a paper team. That could all change. Seattle looks like a really good team. If I was ranking the teams right now today, what they have today, I want to rank the Rangers number one in the West, but I think I'm being a little bit homerish with the rotation that they're going to put out to start the year. Cause right now the the rotation would be Evaldi opening day starter. John Gray starting game two, Dane Dunning starting game three, Andrew Heaney game four, and Cody Bradford game five. That's your starting rotation as of today?
3: Yeah, that's
0: tough. It's not not a bad rotation, but it's not a championship
3: rotation. Especially considering the amount of payroll, as we're talking about, that you have in your starting pitching.
0: Yeah, because you're hoping that at some point Scherzer won, probably coming back, I'm going to assume, maybe I'm wrong about this, Malley number two coming back. Not that he's better than Jacob deGrom, but the expectation of them coming back next year and really helping the team. And then deGrom number three. If deGrom can come back healthy, my gosh, if you could somehow sneak into the playoffs at whatever seed you are, and you had a healthy Scherzer, deGrom, and Ivaldi, and you said, here's our three, we'll figure out day four if we make a day four in the playoffs. That's really scary to the rest of Major League Baseball, but that's a lot of optimism, thinking that everybody's going to be healthy at the end of the year uh, in your rotation.
3: It's a KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Um, I, we'll get more on this when we get into Gridiron Gravy. However, uh, about an hour ago, the Cowboys activated offensive tackle Matt go and released linebacker Rashawn Evans. So we'll talk about that more Um when coming up next also why russell wilson season seems to be over we'll do it next in great on gravy can't see Matt-
2: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Mr. Peace here on 105 Through the Phantom, Reginald Natatula, Mike Bassick here, as well as Chris Strong on the ones and twos, and you rock with us. Appreciate you doing so on a Wednesday in the Metroplex. A few things I want to note before we uh, dip into Gridiron, gridiron Gravy. Um... The Cowboys have um, have activated Matt Willetsko from injured reserve. He's an offensive tackle, and so there's some things that could be interesting there that we'll continue to talk about as we go along in the program. Also, and Mike, you mentioned this. Uh, I believe Brad Townsend was the first to let us know, but apparently the, the sale of the majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks was in fact unanimously approved by the NBA and so the Adelson family is now officially the majority owners of your Dallas Mavericks, yeah, so we'll again, we'll we can talk more about that as the show goes along. We got you till two um, but right now we want to go around the n f l and dip into some gridiron gravy dip um, do we want to start by digging a little bit more into this Matt With let's go thing um Matt with let's go yeah, let's
0: let me ask this question yes, is does this mean because we started to get I'm not saying this isn't right or wrong a little bit optimistic that tyron smith was going to play or is playing saturday night but if they're doing this i'm just throwing this out as a question does that mean they're a little bit more concerned about tyron smith uh coming back and being 100% healthy for not only Saturday night but for the rest of the way I don't know or is Rashad Evans I'm throwing these out as questions is Rashad Evans so bad at linebacker that they're just like just release him he's he, we tried it he was a first round pick he's not good we tried to recycle him it just didn't work out I'm just I'm throwing this out as questions as you are releasing a linebacker which you lack a lot of depth in yeah and you're adding an offensive lineman. And I'm not saying you don't lack depth at offensive line. Everybody lacks depth at, at offensive line. There's just not enough good ones to go around and backups for sure. I'm just asking the question on why did the Cowboys do this today?
3: Well, if you want to take Mike McCarthy at his word, he was obviously uh, on the podium maybe about 30 minutes ago. He said, quote, these are really conversations that have been going on for weeks. We feel Wally is ready to go. Um, close quote, he went further to kind of talk about how he believes the importance of offensive line depth um, and feels that, well, let's go has maximized his opportunity in the weight room while on the IR, which I guess points to the idea of like strength at the tight okay. position, and said that uh, Rashawn Evans was a tough move with the ro- with roster health healthy. So I think okay. that does point to somewhat the idea of health being a decision making factor. In this move, uh, bringing obviously, R- R- well, let's go. If he was healthy, coming off the injured reserve, was something you wanted to do, but
0: is he, is he a possibility of starting this Saturday night?
3: I don't know. We'll have to ask uh, as we continue to go along, and hope. I-, I don't know if that was asked in the course of the McCarthy presser, but as of right now, that's kind of what I see um, okay. as far as Matt. Will go. Rashawn Evans was released, as we mentioned, or waived rather. Um, I wonder if that's some someone that you see if he clears and then bring him back to the practice squad just to keep him around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because Rash- all it
0: takes is this week, uh, not wishing or hoping or anything, but just the reality of this in the NFL, especially how many injuries we see late in a year. If a linebacker gets hurt here, uh, Saturday night, you gotta bring Rashad Evans back to the active roster, right? So I guess. I didn't think he was that bad. I didn't think he was good. Don't get me wrong. But uh, you lack a lot of depth at linebacker. It's just interesting to me. You have to release somebody. It's interesting to me that a linebacker would be the spot that you're releasing from your team.
3: So as we go around the NFL in Gridiron Gravy, I did mention that uh, Russell Wilson's season might be done. In fact, Ian Rappaport of NFL.com, or of, yes, of NFL Media, lets us know that the Broncos are in fact benching Russell Wilson for the final two games this season to uh, get Jared Siddham some starts. So the idea is actually financially based. We know that Russell Wilson is due $39 million fully guaranteed this season, or sorry, next season rather. And then another thirty-seven million is due the season after that, which is guaranteed for injury, and so the idea of benching him now sets up a, a decision for Russ for Russell Wilson um, in a couple of months on okay. how they go when it comes to the money of this. So they have the
0: fourteenth pick right now. I know you're talking about the money of it. I'm just wondering if you want to tank to get way up in the draft right now. At number ten is the Atlanta Falcons, the tenth overall pick at seven and eight. Denver is 7-8 and eight with the 14th pick, and obviously Minnesota has the same record. There's a lot of teams at 15 who has a 7-8 and eight record, too. I'm wondering, in a weird way, if Denver's looking at if we lose out, we go to 7-10, and 10, could that put us in the top 10 picks? And how important is that? Especially, they traded so many picks away right. for Russell Wilson, so many picks away for Sean Payton. I'm just wondering if they're looking at this first-round pick and going, need it to be in the top 10 to really help out this team because we lack uh salary cap space and we lack future draft picks
3: do they have this first round they do. pick they okay do.
0: Yes, i'm, they, I'm they on take they right. have it at 14 right now overall i don't know if they have their second round third round pick all those things they probably don't
3: they don't have their second they have their third they have their fourth their thing too is or a fourth
0: if you move into the seventh eighth ninth pick situation and you lack a lot of picks. And you're like, hey, there's a great offensive lineman there. But we don't need one offensive lineman. We need a lot more. Trade you back go, possibilities. Yeah, we, we, let's trade to 13. Let's pick up uh, a second round pick that we don't have this year. So now we have a first and second round pick again. Like, I'm just wondering if they're looking at it as an asset management thing. I do think injury one to Russell Wilson. That's number one. Number two, can we move into the top 10? And then does that become a valuable pick to trade down out of to then get some of the picks back that we traded for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson.
3: Uh, Talking about benching quarterbacks, the Washington Commandos, or Commanders, if you want to be official, uh, have decided that they are going to bench Sam Howell to start Jacoby Brissett. So it seems like the Sam Howell era and experiment is, in fact, done in Washington.
0: I'm not going to comment too much on this because one of my questions and Mike asks all the football questions will be about the NFC East quarterback situation.
3: Okay, no problem. But now that brings uh, Jacoby Brissett, who I think honestly looks like a better quarterback. I wonder if they were kind of in a place where somehow they were still trying to figure him out. But then also they got to a point where like, hey, if we keep losing some of these games, we can put ourselves in a position to maybe... Uh, move on and find saying, another quarterback.
0: Right now Washington has the third overall pick in the
3: draft. Yeah. Although I don't know that that, that jives with uh Ron Rivera, who I imagine he <laughs> coaching
2: for a I job do, in a way.
0: I do think I don't know if they'll do this, but I think they want to keep Bienneme. I'm not saying he's done great there. I'm not saying he's done bad there either. But I do think that was a good get for them, a surprising get to get Eric Bienemy away from Kansas City, which is another question is is that how much is that hurting Kansas City that Eric Bieniemy isn't there I know he wasn't calling plays there but he was a major part of their coaching staff that he's not there anymore he goes to to Washington it isn't helping out Washington at all I don't think they want to get rid of him I'm wondering if he gets elevated when they fire Ron Rivera I guarantee you on Monday the day after the season is over like Monday they like bet, to call it I would bet a lot of money that Ron Rivera will be announced Monday morning that he is not the coach of Washington anymore.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd put a very a, a very much smaller amount of money <laughs> along with your money on that same uh, thing. I could see it where uh, BNME steps up as the coach in that instance. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see all that we know right now. Sam Howell is probably not, is not going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season or at least for Saturday, Sunday. We don't know if they flip back. But it seems like that might be a thing that's and probably should be. Like the arm talent... Is kind of there, but it doesn't matter. He likes running around, even though he's not good at throwing on the run. It just doesn't come together as well. I thought it was the
0: weirdest thing that they fell in love with a quarterback that played one game last year against a team that wasn't trying to win a football game. The Cowboys were sitting out yeah. that game, and they said, boy, this Sam Howell's great, isn't he? <laughs> and I'm like – He's playing against a minor league football team right now that isn't trying to put together a game plan to beat you. They're running the most basic defense they can with the least talented players that they're putting out there because if any of them get hurt, they're like, well, that didn't hurt us that much because they're not that important. Nothing against the guys that played there, your NFL players. But the Cowboys were trying to lose that game or at least were putting in very little effort to win that game because they were getting ready for the playoffs. And they were like... Sam Howell just beat the Dallas Cowboys. This is amazing. That's a twelve and four
3: team he just beat.
0: I'm like, they weren't trying at all. How are you making an evaluation on Sam Howell yeah. in a minor league football game?
3: Yeah, I think I think it was just like, hey, we saw a little spark. Let's see if we can get more of that. And this entire season was like, oh nope, nope, just uh, we saw that wrong. We yeah. saw that wrong.
0: It'll be interesting as I get to football questions at twelve twenty. Yeah what Washington does at quarterback and how much that could change their outlook.
3: What a tease. I'm excited for that. Um seemed like a lot of people were excited for football on Christmas. We got numbers when it comes uh, to ratings. Uh, Ravens Niners, big a Monday night football game on ESPN Christmas night that kind of
0: wasn't on ESPN because it was on blacked out. Oh, that's ABC. right. It's on ABC
3: because ESPN had the Mavs game. That's right. Yeah. Um. Well, maybe the blackout in Dallas uh, changed these numbers a little bit. 27.2 million. On Christmas Night, a um, little bit less impactful game. When you talk about the ways in which the Ravens went up very quickly early, and it looked like that was largely a done deal. However, CBS announced that 29 million people turned in for Raiders Chiefs. That was uh, the first game. The first game on Christmas. And
0: Eagles Giants. Uh,
3: I don't. We don't have numbers. Fox hasn't let us know what the Eagles Giants okay. number is. But I mean, big numbers for NFL on Christmas. Do you think that they I get real
0: greedy in this regard? Yeah, I didn't know that you were doing this. Okay. Because I want to know how bad the NBA got hit by this. Yeah. And that is, I don't think, look, if if Christmas falls on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the NFL can't do this. It's just, it's impossible to kind of, you can have one game, maybe two on Thursday. But this late in the year, it's tough to put two games on Thursday and start messing with people's schedule. But I do think the NFL looks at this and go, on Saturday, on Sunday, and on Monday – if those dates ever have Christmas Day on them, we're rolling out three games yeah. and three major games, uh, or at least try to, because we can, look, whether they'll never admit this, Jerry Jones and the NFL Owners are trying to end the NBA. They would like for the NBA not to exist. It always will, but they want to kill the NBA. Christmas Day is kind of an NBA day. It's almost like their kickoff to the season, even though it's game like 28 or 30 of the year. They're trying to have Christmas Day be, hey, college football's over for the most part. Yes, you have three games that matter, and I know there'll be more in the future, but the NFL looks at it and go, hey, we can kill a lot of times we can kill the NBA getting a little bit of hype and a little bit of recognition uh, in late December. So three out of seven years, we can kill it, and they will kill it. Well, And and it'll be intentional. There's no love between all these leagues. I'd, I'd like to just make this as clear as possible. If you think all the teams are actually rooting for all of the teams in our Metroplex that we are rooting for, they are not. The Cowboys want to dominate this Metroplex and do not want the Rangers to do anything and vice versa for all the teams. Publicly, they say the right public things. (laughs) Privately, they want all the action going their way.
3: Uh, Real quick before we wrap up, Gridiron Gravy here. Uh, The rich get richer. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day was uh, cut by the Los Angeles Charger or released rather is the right term. Um it was somewhat surprising. He was the team captain and he'd started all 14 games to that point. Um and now he will be playing with the San Francisco 49ers in a defensive tackle big free agent signing when he was when he went to the Chargers and now, you know, they needed some interior line defensive depth. The Niners did. See, it seems crazy to say the Niners needed anything in particular. They needed that. They'll sign a one-year deal with Sebastian Joseph Day and so they get a little bit of a reprieve. Yeah, I mean, the poor San Francisco 49ers, you know, nothing's going their way, really needed help, and they got a little in Sebastian Joseph Day, defensive tackle.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking about, like, their trades of Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey over the last few years. And And then they
3: had Chase Young this year as well.
0: But look, they drafted Trey Lance. I mean, he might be listening, but, I mean, Trey (laughs) Lance was a super bust. I mean, they were expecting the franchise to be led by Trey Lance till about 2035, and they've had major mistakes. That's a major mistake, and it didn't matter. Like, Can you imagine trading all you have to trade for to go up to number three? And it wasn't like they traded from five to three to trade all the way up to put your whole franchise on a quarterback, and it not even come close to working out, and it doesn't hurt the franchise at all.
3: Yeah, really really frustrating, especially if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it's the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3. The fan coming up next... Do you still believe the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders? We'll discuss it next on The Fan.
2: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.